the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe Spoon. I don't know. I was just trying to think of a catchphrase. <laughs> I think that's the catchphrase of the tick. The not-so-well-known loser superhero guy. I'm excited today. Today, we are reviewing a documentary called Beyond Impossible. We did homework. We did homework. We I did. watched the documentary. It's from Vidi Tortorich, who we just had on as a guest. A couple episodes ago. It was a ton of fun. He's an author. He, he has a book out that was like a big deal. And he's made other movies like Fat, a documentary, and, and Fat 2, a documentary. And so this is the third one. We thought, man, it'd be fun to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, it's, talk about it. So it's talking about the vegan meat industry. And, and yeah. I feel it's definitely more about the vegan meat industry than it is about veganism as a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. It seemed like it was really kind of... And that kind of fits. That's on brand with him. He just seems angry. We brought that up last time. He's got the moniker of the world's angriest trainer. And when they was coming up for their first podcast, that was his wife's suggestion. Remember he told us, like, she said, you just seem angry all the time because people aren't giving the whole truth. And he's like, that's kind of true. And this kind of felt on brand with that. He felt pretty mad because it seemed like there were some half-truths going on about Beyond Impossible, which is, a, I think, a dig right at Beyond Meat. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, and they call him the impossible burger because it's so good. And how could it not be meat? I've had them. Yeah. They taste good. Okay. But the ones I've had were ones prepared by restaurants. Restaurants. They're in a burger with a delicious bun with a crap ton of sauce and all the right condiments <laughs> and everything. So yeah. I don't really know like if it was just like, if I ate one of those next to a hamburger, I can't speak to that. <laughs> but if you put it with all the stuff that goes with a burger, yeah, it tastes like hamburger. It's not too bad. Yeah, so and maybe later he agreed to come back on the show and, and talk about this personally with him. So this will just be me and Joe's breakdown. And uh, later on, I think we should watch a vegan documentary yeah, and compare we'll and contrast. There's, contrast. A, there's one he mentions in there that I've seen that was pretty good, so we could break that one. It was basically about high-performance athletes doing fine on a vegan diet was the premise of that ah, one. I see. I and see. he actually mentioned it in his documentary, Beyond towards Impossible. End, yeah. yeah, towards the very end of the film. And one of the first points I brought up was that all unhealthy foods are also vegan, <laughs> such as french fries, vegan, sugar, vegan, yeah, pasta, vegan. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and it's what I tell my clients. Like anytime they see like a gluten-free label, they automatically assume it's healthy. But if they replace gluten, they have to put something in there as a binder. And sometimes it's just as bad. So just because it has that vegan moniker doesn't necessarily mean it's a health food. Yeah. And to be perfectly fair, that kind of brings more credibility to his viewpoint on this whole thing. Some of the most unhealthy, overweight clients I've ever had were following a vegan diet. So that doesn't mean it can't be done well. I'm not 100% against anybody following a vegan diet. I think if you really have some deep-rooted beliefs against animal cruelty and, and you have ideological issues with eating them, I think it can be done. I don't think that the Beyond Impossible burgers are the way to do it well. Yeah. But a lot of this movie was ideological. So I think if you're going into it with a bias, I think that's a danger in our society right now. Social media and everything, we're all feeding our algorithms the stuff we want to hear. So everything becomes a bit of an echo chamber. So it's tough to do what a documentary filmmaker really wants to do, which is let's present both sides of the story and yeah. let the viewers make a decision. And even in the case of this documentary, and he gets into it, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but the, he invited the other side 
Yeah. And they were not very interested and for various reasons. And he showed their emails and stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the kind of the point here. Go into this stuff with an open mind. And I thought midway through the documentary, a gentleman said something that I think lines really up with your brand, which is it's got to be sustainable. And he, he just basically said, listen to your body. If you do better on on some meat or you do better on a lot more meat, you should listen to your body. Why should you listen to a doctor who's like, you should eat this way if that's not what your body wants? Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was a pretty fair statement. Absolutely. And keep in mind, it was really not that far back. Doctors were recommending cigarettes as a vacation for your throat and something healthy. Yeah. It's always a really tricky thing because it's so politicized right now. The idea of follow the science, it seems to present the standpoint of you're an idiot if you disagree with me. But if you were to, like he does in this documentary and other people do, if you question the veracity of the way the science was arrived at, like you say, I'm not sure the study was right. Then it's you don't believe in science when it's I'm actually just like following the scientific method here and trying to point out that maybe this wasn't or is it okay to say that your study that clearly said that this is wrong was funded by people who really want it to be wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I still stand behind the idea that everybody should probably be eating a little bit different and there shouldn't be a blanket diet for everybody. I, th I think there's principles that are the same throughout. Like yeah. corn syrup, I believe, is bad for everybody. Um, uh, you probably hated the last part of the documentary where that one company was like, everybody should eat this way. Here's how many <laughs> grams you should eat. Seven grams of protein, which was like the equivalent of one cube of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a fun watch. If you're the kind of person that gets upset easily at documentaries, this is the one that this would upset you. Boy. Probably be aware of that. Yeah. But if that's what you're going for in your documentary watching, you yeah. found it. Yeah. So I just want to present a little bit of both sides and then extract what the good information is. And, and I do recommend it. I think there's some great information throughout this entire film. Now, one of the things I mentioned early on that is a concern with a vegan diet is the difficulty in getting nutrients such as B12. And one of the points that Vinny brings up is we didn't even know how to extract this vitamin until 1947. I love that kind of history stuff. Yeah. Because what it does is it just confers, yeah, we're supposed to eat this way the whole time. When you have B12 deficiencies, <laughs> there's some horrific bodily function breakdown and issues that can happen. Yeah. So I thought that was a good thing. So veganism has probably hasn't worked for centuries. This is probably a newer invention. Maybe there's some remote areas where people only had access and their bodies could have adapted over generations to less meat, but overall, probably not what the human race is best suited for. And right around that part of the movie, he was also mentioning the amount of supplements that you would have to replace because these things are not found in anything but meat. And right. I thought we'd just go ahead and play that clip here for you guys. Out of the equation. So let's say you go on a vegan diet and you're eating your fake meat. Here's a list of everything you would have to take in supplements just to make it a well-rounded, healthy diet. Vitamin B12, iron, calcium, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA, and protein. Now you might be saying some of these fake meats do have some of these vitamins. Yes, the Beyond Burger has less than 1% of a few of them and claims to have protein. But it turns out that plant protein is not digested as effectively as it is from meat. So you're not actually using that protein as effectively, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, and there's definitely some truth to that, but I think it is dependent on the person. I've personally known people who, at least for a number of years, have done the vegan diet and has done pretty well. And I've seen one of my star clients, he's 
vegan. He is eating a tremendous amount of soy, though, to get his protein in. And I have concerns of what the phyto and xenoestrogens and potentially glyphosate will have on his body long term. But yes, people can thrive. Uh, I just don't think it's right for most people. And I'm still not confident on the long term effects because I've also had clients who following a vegan diet for 10 to 12 years ended up with extreme health conditions from things like oxalates and anti-nutrients such as lectin protein. That diet just has an abundance of. One ended up with osteopenia, her tremendous amounts of muscle wasting, very painful issues, including cancer. Uh, her, her doctors all believe could have stemmed from this vegan diet. Yeah, I guess one of the things that I kept thinking throughout the movie is I've, I'm the kind of person that can be like persuaded. I'll read a new book and I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole thing. And as I get older, I think I'm a little bit more balanced, but it seems like it's a lot of the beyond meat stuff doesn't pass the common sense sniff test for me, Joe Woolworth person. It seems like the smartest thing to do would be to eat food that's food and not uh, super processed stuff. Because I yeah. think we've talked about that a lot on the show. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why we've gotten into the health predicament that we're in is overprocessed stuff. And the solution to overprocessed stuff is processed stuff. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. From the same companies that have sold us other bad processed, processed stuff. stuff. <laughs> that led to the obesity epidemic. Uh, <laughs> and now they're like, no, but this processed stuff <laughs> is going to make you feel great. This will fix it, Joe. <laughs> But they're almost, I think they're pushing them, almost the morality of it, it seems to be a sales tactic, yeah. is that it's morally bad to kill an animal. Yeah, and that was one of the concerns, is there's so many politicians and celebrities and this whole pop culture movement surrounding it, and it's all funded by multinational companies corporations, billionaires, Bill Gates, mm -hmm. Google, and things like that who have quite a bit to gain from this agenda. And they kept cutting to the guy who is the founder of Impossible Meats. And the company obviously supports that mentality of people that are like, you should, you should never harm an animal. And then he put up this interview where he asked him a question about Thanos that I wanted oh, to talk yes, about. Yes, yes. It's really good. So here's the, the guy you're about to hear is the guy that is the, the founder of Impossible Meats being asked a question. A guy named Thanos, uh -huh. and he is working on developing the power to snap his finger oh, man. and wipe out half the population. What'd you do? Ah. If you had his gauntlet, would yes. you do it for cows? I love cows. You do? But I don't love having billions of cows covering the entire planet. That's actually an interesting moral dilemma. I guess I probably would, because those cows are not going to end well anyway. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think he would actually say it out loud. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like yeah. that argument is the same argument that hunters have been making for the last thousands <laughs> of years. We need to control the population and do it responsibly is what a lot of hunters believe. And he's like, yeah, I love cows, but if I kill them all with if a I can snap, kill half of them with one snap, I would do it. Yeah. And then everybody that happens to like steak is, yeah, but can we eat it? <laughs> Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's a part of him in the company that truly is interested in animal welfare. And I am too. There's a huge difference between a grass-fed cow that gets to go have an, his entire life is good except for the day he's slaughtered. Ruminant land. That's the word that they brought up. Right. Uh, now, ruminant land refers to parts of land that we couldn't grow any 
hospitable pro- or we couldn't grow crops that we can consume of any great value. But that's primarily the diet of cows, yes. uh, which we can consume. Now, a grass-fed cow, if you were to eat that meat, and they've had a good life, except like Ep- the company Epic. I love the company Epic. One of their slogans is, I want these animals to only have one bad day, and it's the day they're slaughtered. It's completely different meat. We all are going to have one bad day, aren't we? <laughs> Every, yeah, nobody gets out of this thing alive, not one of us. It's never happened, except for argument, depending on your faith, maybe in Christianity, one person. But the difference, though, is if you have a conventionally raised, poorly treated cow stuck in fine quarters and antibiotics and all this other crap, we could actually measure your blood test. And on a C-reactive protein test, it's going to be eight times more inflammation from that cow than the grass-fed cow that only had one bad day. And nobody was making a case. I don't think the documentary was really trying to tackle the appropriate way to kill a cow, to or, kill a cow <laughs> or raise cows or farm cows. Uh, shepherd cows would be the term that you use. But it is, again, common sense. Man, there's all this ruminant land where we can't grow stuff on it that we can eat, but the cows sure do like to eat it. It's almost like there was a plan. Like, maybe the cows should eat that <laughs> instead of us cramming them in a barn. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, they do go on more to talk about animal proteins being in complete protein. Um, and the closest thing to that is soy protein. And um, so there's a big debate about that. By and large, the vast majority of research... Soy's on your no-no list. It is. The vast majority of research I've come across, unbiased research, whether it's clinical, uh, placebo-controlled, double-blind, or even epidemiological, is that uh, soy, especially if it's sprayed with glyphosates and Roundup and is GMO-based, can cause xeno and phytoestrogen issues, cause estrogen and progesterone imbalances in women, contribute to PCOS and thyroid issues, and potentially cancers. There is some research indicating that non-GMO soy can be raised in a way that it's actually beneficial to women and breast cancer survivors, and I just haven't seen enough research to be completely sold on that, but it may be situational, and perhaps there's a population that can do okay with that, but me personally, I haven't seen enough uh, evidence to support that and to be gung-ho about slapping uh, soy protein is a good idea. But there, there's companies out, I'll probably interview somebody really soon that's involved with Juice Plus. I think they have a great product line. One of my hesitations is that their soy protein powder is, or, or that their protein powder does come from soy. So I have a little bit of concerns there, but there's plenty of benefits to that product line, even with that. One of the things that I feel like they didn't go into a lot in the documentary, but was brought up a couple of times was how our bodies do not process protein from plants as efficiently as our bodies process protein from meat. And I just, I wish they would have unpacked that a little. I don't Yeah. And, and they didn't really go into the specific mechanisms, what the absorption rates were, how to test that. And I'm not even sure that there is a super and they, great they test. Might not have that. because only three people in the world would have understood it. <laughs> they're trying to make a documentary. Nah. Yeah, but that seems to be the general consensus in the scientific community is that it's not as well absorbed um, as it is through meat. You put a quote in there from uh, Frederick Leroy, professor at Brussels University, which I think is funny, Brussels Sprouts University. <laughs> um, but he basically has a quote where he was talking about plant protein being superior. He said that uh, it's reductionist to say that plant protein is superior. Uh, they talk in terms of protein, but it's not just protein. It's the whole spectrum of how it's packaged with vitamins and minerals and bioactive compounds that you don't find in imitation products. And I have a similar conversation with clients with supplements are helpful, but we cannot generate in a lab what we can find in nature. Yeah, which that that was a really funny part. I didn't know, I didn't think it was funny. I just thought it was profound. There was a portion when he was talking 
So Vinny, this you're about to hear Vinny talking about why you should eat food with one ingredient. I tell people all the time, eat foods that have exactly one ingredient. Steak is one ingredient. Broccoli is one ingredient. Dairy, one ingredient. You take Beyond Meat, you want to guess how many ingredients are in that? We're here, let me run through them. Water, pea protein, expeller pressed canola oil, refined coconut oil, rice protein, natural flavors, cocoa butter, mung bean protein, methyl cellulose, potato starch, passion, apple extract, pomegranate extract, salt, potassium chloride, love, vinegar, lemon juice concentrate, sunflower lecithin, and beet juice extract for color. My favorite part is they're even adding fake blood. The red stuff in your steak, that's not blood. That's myoglobin. I love me some myoglobin in my steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I used to think it was blood. Yeah, um, I did too. But no, it's a byproduct of I'm oxygenation. I'm going to bring that up next time somebody looks at me for eating a gross steak when we're out to dinner. I'll be like, that's myoglobin. That ain't blood. <laughs> I don't know what myoglobin is. but <laughs> I actually uh, put that in here for us. Myoglobin is actually a protein that's found in your striated muscles, which includes skeletal muscles, which are the muscles attached to your bones and tendons, and heart muscles. And its main function is to supply oxygen to the cells in your muscles or myocytes. And all cells in your body need oxygen in order to function. So that's what the red stuff is. It's not blood. I also found that it was interesting that as meats in the store get older, as they start to turn brown, that doesn't mean it's gone bad. That's just an oxidation of that myoglobin. And mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's of lower quality or any less safe to eat. It does mean I'm less excited about eating it for some reason. Though. And a lot of grocery stores actually uh, process and add gases and all kinds of stuff to make the, the meat artificially look more red. There's a show called Yellowstone. It's about ranchers. And Kevin Costner is the main character. And there's a scene... In there, that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. And he goes into a diner to order and the waitress comes out and he says, she says, regular. And he says, yeah. And he tells her how to make the steak. And she says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out the steak. I want you to whisper flame and then put it on my plate. <laughs> yeah, that's how I like my steak. I dated somebody who liked it literally black and blue, bleeding and mooing. <laughs> and it freaked me out, man. We went to Ruth's Chris on a date. <laughs> and anyway, so, so they like this thing was completely bloody raw, and she said it was overcooked. Had him take it back and bring out a rare one. <laughs> well, she was right, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Many people's opinion. Like a medium rare. But back to what we were talking about, I think the point that we were trying to bring up there is that a lot of people can't absorb the synthesized forms of vitamins that are impossible meats as easily as they could by receiving them from stuff that's just made by nature. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the film goes into a little bit about methane and global warming and things like that. And I think one of the scientific arguments against that actually being an issue is that methane doesn't stay up in the atmosphere as long as CO2 carbon emissions, like from cars and things like that. It's eliminated from the atmosphere as more methane is released. Yeah, the documentary quoted that it was methane stays in the air for 10 years, which means that by the time that it goes away, it's self-regulating. Like there's not enough cows to push it past the limit that could hurt anything. Yeah. yeah. But with cars, what did it say? Like a thousand years it stays Yeah, in the... something like that. I don't remember the exact number. And then if you look at something like India, they have 80% of livestock emissions. Um, and they save the cows. They don't eat them. They worship them. But don't eat them. But cows cause methane. So to save the planet, make cows go extinct? It's conundrum is, yeah. is that. Like what the, the founder was bringing up with the Thanos thing. Yeah. yeah, we love animals. We love them, but they're a bad 
in this case. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a scientist that understands all the ins and outs of that. But I know there's two sides to that. And like Vinny's upset about, it's a lot of half truths to push a specific agenda. Yeah, I think we've a lot of people have lost the ability to have a thoughtful debate because it's we've become so politicized. And if you dare disagree with me, you must be wrong about everything else. He also brought up the idea that uh, the water footprint of a cow and how much water it takes to basically enjoy a piece of steak when you're out to dinner. And again, this is probably one of those half-truth things. Yeah, 94% of their water footprint is rainwater that would be there with or without the existence of the cow. Then the cow pees out the rainwater and irrigates the land, and it's more fertile <laughs> for crops. Yeah, and he put that line in there. Basically, between the ruminant land and the rainwater, it's like everything the cow needs is provided by the Lord. It's hardly a drain on resources. Yeah, absolutely. So now we have these politicized, like, meatless Mondays around the country in schools, so it's being pushed on school children. Uh, I know Colorado had a declaration of a no-meat day on March 20th. I mean, all these things, it's probably not an area where government, in my opinion, be regulating since they did such a great job with the obesity epidemic and diabetes with the low fat crap with Dr. Ansel Keys. Yeah, it's real hard not to get depressed about it. If you do any kind of study into it and see like how we got into that conundrum was kind of funded by lobbyists and people that had other interests. And that's how we came up with the food pyramid. And now we got the exact same thing happening. Tell us we need to reform the food industry yeah, and to expect price increases because all of a sudden stuff's going to get more expensive. If you're a cynical person, okay, we have to change the way that we think so that I can get you to pay more for my product. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this is the, these are the same bodies of people that told us that 11 servings of grain a day were a good idea. So that's uh, Apple Jacks and Kellogg's cereal and breakfast bars and bread. 11 servings a day are what they recommended as healthy. No wonder obesity trip. So I'm not uh, apt to trust what they're saying, especially since they're rarely actually following true science. And so they brought up a little bit in the documentary about the money behind it. Impossible Meats raised $300 million in 2019 to ramp up production from Google, Bill Gates, and a ton of celebrities. It's almost like Scientology. Very scientifically <laughs> minded. And I, am, I will unabashedly bash Scientology because that's some horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't normally do that on this show, but I draw a line. So if you're a Scientologist... It does, it does start to feel a bit like an ideology in it. I think the difference between if you look at what a, a, a cult is, if you look at the definition of a cult, there's, there's basically two definitions. One is a very spiritual definition and one is a legal definition, which I think fits in this case for somebody that should just think this stuff through. Like the legal definition for a cult in the U.S. is somebody rallying around a charismatic leader that wants to basically grow the empire and make money. So you can apply that here and you see that it's not crazy far off. Now, Vinny does a good job in the documentary, and I think we should make some balancing statements here, that most people that choose to eat vegan are making a health decision for themselves, not a freaking political statement. Yeah, absolutely. And they and don't deserve any vilification for that line of logic. Yeah, for certain individuals, I support that. For other individuals, it could be detrimental to their health. And I've seen that in my own clients that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think the thing that's upsetting Vinny, and honestly, it upsets me a little bit, is like, what? why do we need a governing body to tell us how to eat? Yeah, that's that's a little that's a little bit nanny state. 
I don't like that. That's a lot of it, Nanny Steve. <laughs> yeah. You should eat this many grams. Speaking of nanas, um, <laughs> I like that clip. Ha ha, banana peel pulled pork. This is delicious. <laughs> I love that clip. She got, her mouth is all messy. And, she's, and again, like same principle, right? Like she was talking about how much the, the barbecue sauce tasted good. Maybe if you just like compared like just eating pork to a banana peel, <laughs> maybe you, just, you really like the seasoning and the seasoning <laughs> is fantastic. And that's what I feel like. Nobody's saying about Impossible Burgers. Like, you eat an Impossible Whopper from Burger King, and they put it through the process of everything else that makes a Whopper. It yeah. tastes like a Whopper. Yeah. If you like a Whopper, it's good. Yeah. But it's barely, it's very little to do with the meat. <laughs> yeah. Now, vegans say only eat vegetables. Meat people say only eat meat. But going to these extremes have, hasn't necessarily worked. We tried to cut out fat back in the 60s and beyond, and that hadn't led, led us in a good direction. And I can't tell you the types of blood work and health issues I've seen from people improperly trying a vegan diet. Yeah. And so he makes a point at a marker, a time marker 2402, which he even puts in the documentaries, just so people don't say in this documentary that we didn't say, this is how to enjoy both and why you should. We're going to go ahead and put it in the movie and give him this time marker, which is 2402. And here's that portion. So here's why eating meat and green vegetables alone is healthy. When you cut most carbs and all sugars and grains, your body's inflammation starts going down. Also, your body burns carbs and sugar first and then fat. But when you cut most carbs and all sugars and grains, your body becomes fat adapted and burns fat as its first fuel source. Which means even when you're not eating, your body is using the fat that's already on you to burn for energy go out and get some sun and move on top of that and you're getting your essential vitamins and minerals and you're good to go so if anyone says this movie does not have a direct explanation of why meat and veggies are a complete healthy meal just give them the time stamp <laughs> again that was 2402 i like the fact that he kept putting church music behind it because i think <laughs> i think he was like, like indoctrination yeah it was a bit of indoctrination <laughs> And the official stance is I do support a potentially for some people that the vegan way could be a good idea, but probably not most. Yeah, and I think that's when you make a documentary or any kind of broadcast, you have to take a stance for the majority of people. But I think he even made some balancing statements in there that made me think of push came to shove. And we can ask him when we have him on. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he would probably say, from what I know about him from the last interview, he'd probably be like, I don't care what you eat. If you just want to eat fruits and veggies, you, you do you, boo. <laughs> just don't politicize it. Don't present half-truths and try it. And don't proselytize. And I think that that brings up a really good point. Later in the documentary, there was an interview with a woman. And I feel like her name was Terry, but I might be getting that wrong. There was an interview with a woman who was a vegan her entire life, and she really opened up a little bit about how, for her, it felt like a bit of a... That was her sense of belonging. That was her sense of community. And when she ate some red meat because she had, she really wasn't feeling well and that noticed that she was feeling better after eating the red meat, she became, she decided to speak out and say that, hey, I feel better after eating some red meat. And I don't really know much about it, but that's basically all it goes into there. And then they show, they cut to her a clip where she's speaking somewhere and she gets violently attacked. Yep, with a by, cayenne whipped cream pie. By a group of vegans. Now, it was a little comical because she's getting hit in the face with whipped cream pies, but at the same time, they were laced with cayenne pepper, which is not great. Not in your eyes. Not, not in all. your eyes. Not in your face. Yeah. And uh, the group of vegans, nobody helped her. 
they just all sat there. Yeah, not great. Now, one of the interesting points that was brought up in the documentary had to do with some of the studies saying that meat was bad. And I found that fascinating, this yeah. portion of it, yeah. Yeah, and one of their takeaways was, and I haven't researched this, so I, I can't personally vouch for this, but they were saying that meat eaters are usually people more likely to also be smokers and drinkers, where vegans have a higher emphasis on healthy lifestyles. So they would less likely to have those issues. To be fair, does bourbon pair better with a nice steak or a chunk of broccoli? Let's just be honest <laughs> yeah. about it for a second. Yeah, so, so I think there's, <laughs> there could be some plausible truth to that. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, you're more likely to smoke and drink if you eat meat. Then, and you're less likely to smoke or drink if you only eat veggies. And I think the correlation is pretty obvious, right? You're much more conscious about your health. Yeah. And, and correlation does not equal causation. And that's the other flip side. Yeah. And they went on in, in the study to say the things that the studies didn't include. Things like exercise. <laughs> that's a pretty important factor. I think the takeaway here is there probably hasn't been a good enough study done to make a conclusive connection there. And a little bit of data shading a little bit too in there is when they were talking about how the studies of red meat particularly, that they group it together with processed meat, which is like just throwing the whole thing in a blender, throwing that in there, or chicken nuggets, that yeah. kind of meat. And then they even mentioned at one point that when they compare it to other things, they there's no evidence that they don't compare like a fast food burger that, that they don't take out the bun in the sauces. It's right. Just now that's like eating a fast food burger, yeah. which is probably a lot different than eating some farm raised high Rest quality. So the studies like that's a back to Vinny's point, half truths. The, the full story is not being told there. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle. Did you know that Fire Within works with companies and organizations that might benefit from a health course? Brandon's health course, Health Transformation, can be applied to your company and custom tailored to meet your company's needs. You could supply it as something from your HR department or just a gift by giving access to everyone in your company to the course. If that's you and you're interested, go to firewithinnf.com on the homepage. Look for corporate partnerships. It's also worth mentioning a lot of the vegan propaganda films and, and documentaries are funded by people like James Cameron and people backed by pea protein producers. No conflict of interest there. <laughs> well, that's the one where we're going to watch. That's yeah. the one I've seen. And yep. uh, yeah, so James Cameron, who happens to have invested and made the largest production plant of pea protein in the United States, has made a documentary about how you can be really awesome just eating a vegan diet. Does nobody see a conflict? <laughs> <laughs> with, if only people would understand that Meat is bad and you should eat more of my product. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really hard to take somebody like that seriously. We all seem to be on the same page with cigarettes because we've got the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, nobody would listen to a tobacco CEO talking about how great raising tobacco is for the planet. Um, <laughs> it's like, no, nah, man, you want to make money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But when it's somebody with it seems very different or it seems like it's a different flavor, of the same thing when it's because it's it seems very probable here's somebody that cares about the planet they don't want it to go bad which i am for saving animals but who's for 
senselessly murdering animals. I haven't met a single hunter in my entire life, and I grew up in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah animals are stupid. We should kill them all. That's just not the thing. Yeah. The DNR always issues a certain amount of licenses so people don't overhunt the population. You're actually doing a service by keeping the population at a healthy number, and then you in, eat it. Yeah. Like It's hardly, for the hunters that I know, and this is just, so I'm just speaking from my Midwestern family, from the hunters I know, it's certainly not. Yeah, like, animals are dumb. Let's kill them all. That's just, that's not what hunting is about at all. Yeah. And it is worth mentioning, too, that for vegan-based foods and the crops, rearing those crops, there still is a large amount of animals that are killed to... They made a big point about this yeah. in the documentary. Yeah. yeah. So they're hunted to keep from eating the crops, wild pigs, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there was Deer. an interview with a gentleman that had a 25,000-acre farm that he, he managed, and he said they go out at night and kill the pigs because the pigs ruin their crop. They can ruin $100,000 worth of crop, and so they kill 1,000 pounds of pig a night. Wow, a night. the crop. Holy cow. I didn't even realize there are areas with just wild pigs running around. Guess so. That's pretty wild. We don't live in those areas. <laughs> yeah. Nope, not at all. So to summarize, I think there's some amazing points made. I really encourage everybody to go check it out. I think you can rent it on most streaming platforms for $3.99. I, I got it on Apple TV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's worth a watch. Check it out. Come to your own conclusions, as we say. It's thought-provoking. It, it's very thought-provoking. And It's I, okay to have your own opinion, everybody, all right? Absolutely. Use your brain. Absolutely. <laughs> Use your brain. Something doesn't sound right, put it to the, to the test. Do your own research. I, again, I think that there are instances where a vegan lifestyle could be beneficial. Probably not for most. Uh, I think for the majority of people, meat is probably a, one of the most important things to have in the diet. But just don't be led by, you know, polit politicized government-funded nutrition dietary or corporate funded or corporate funding. Yeah, it's pretty close to Scientology, which is for sure a cult. And I think that's kind of the main reason Vinny probably thought I need to make this documentary and just shine some light on this. Yeah, because it's very possible that the same stuff that happened with Ansel Keys and the stuff we talked about on other episodes where here's the new way to eat, this is why we should eat it, is going to be set by a small group of people. Yeah. And it'll be the new way to eat. And then it, we went from a small amount of people with obesity to now we're at 40% of people with obesity. We climbed to 50 or 60. And in the terrible 70s, before we had all this regulation, he brought this footage up from Woodstock that <laughs> happened <laughs> in Woodstock. And everybody at that Woodstock is slender. They look like they're ripped. Yeah. Like they've been... Without trying. Without trying. They're like not going to the gym. <laughs> thousands and thousands of ripped people gather in this in this field, and they're just really just guzzling booze and doing drugs is basically <laughs> the majority of what was happening. And then he showed footage of Woodstock that happened, I don't know, like it was like 10 years, years ago, ago or whatever. And these are the ones that were supposedly following the government guidelines. And yeah. it's just, it's really something to pay attention to. I still think you got to use common sense. Yeah. Those of our listeners that are vegan, yeah, if you want to be a vegan, be a vegan. Just make sure you're considering other factors, paying attention to your health markers, do your own research. But nobody likes to be told by somebody that what works for them or... What they believe is stupid. Yeah. And I feel like there's just way too much of that going on. Yeah. Like, I just think you're wrong and you're dumb. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. No, I personally have clients that, that are vegan. They want to be vegan. I help them be the best vegan they can be because that's their ideals and what they believe is right. So I just give them the information and they make their own decisions. I think anytime you do any kind of extreme anything, you've got to just be on the lookout. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So next time uh, we do one of these, I think we'll do uh, the vegan side. Maybe not just that Cameron one that's biased, but maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about some of the, the points on the other side. And then we'll try and get I did watch that on. James Cameron one, and I found that very fascinating because in this documentary, they had the world's strongest man in it. And he was like, yeah, I'm killing it on a vegan diet. And you're like, yeah. And it turns out he was the world's strongest man because he won a competition at a vegan <laughs> strongman competition. <laughs> <laughs> and Vinny was pretty relentless. He was like, so of the weakest people... <laughs> Well, he was fair. the strongest weak person. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut to a scene where this guy was having a hard time lifting what looked like a 35 pound. Like it was just like, it was, it was like, oh my gosh, it's savage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think you can have some really high performing vegan athletes. I've met them. Some of them are my friends. I have a client that is just a monster. I ran out of weight. I don't have enough weight at my facility to challenge him. So yeah. what an unnecessary competition. Yeah. Who's stronger, a vegan or not? <laughs> Who cares? Hopefully you got some uh, good perspective on this. Again, go check out his movie. It's called Beyond Impossible, Vinny Tortorich. We're going to get him back on the show to hear it his own words. I and mean, then we also want to do the other side. And if there's anything that you'd like to hear presented on this show, you know, check us out, firewithannf.com. Send me a message. DM us on social media and suggestions of vegan movies that we should check out. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'd love that. If you found value from any episode we've released, make sure to go on Apple and give us a five-star review. That helps people find us. Unfortunately, it's all algorithm-based because we already know we're the, one of the best health shows out there, <laughs> but you got to play the system and figure out the algorithms and all that kind of stuff. So help us out with that. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.